Hey everybody, my name is Jake, and alongside me is Corey of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unstated grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories. And oh my goodness, we have a lot to get to today. Yeah, apologies if we're talking a bit fast today, but there's a lot to cover. <laughs> so much stuff. Men's basketball, through to the Canada West Finals. Great. Women's volleyball, still alive. Conference semifinals, Awesome. But the biggest winners this past weekend are amazing swim teams. For the third straight year, both UBC men's and women's swim teams won the national championship. It was here at UBC. Awesome stuff. So many records broken. We'll get to that. Sadly, not all happiness, though, this past weekend. Women's hockey, men's volleyball, both eliminated from the playoffs. And hopefully we'll also be able to briefly touch on the fortunes of baseball, softball, men's golf, and men's rugby. But we're starting with the playoffs, we're starting with volleyball, and we're starting with the women's volleyball team who entered the playoffs last weekend as they traveled to Saskatchewan to take on the University of Regina in a best-of-three quarterfinal series. After two very tough games, Thunderbirds were able to pull out the sweep, and who else but Kira Van Rijk led the way for the Thunderbirds in a 3-2 win on Friday. Our sophomore superstar, 21 kills, 11 digs, 4 blocks. Yeah, Jake mentioned it. Hard-fought games this weekend. The first one in particular, Thunderbirds dropped the first set 25-22, to and the first four sets were all decided by three points or less. The fifth set was a different story as UBC closed out the match perfectly, a 15-7 to final set win. Nice note there to end on. Yeah, after a super tough game, nice to have a little bit little bit of confidence, a little bit of uh, calmness to end that game. Contributions all across the board for the Thunderbirds. Kira Hanley, Tessa Davis both recorded 11 kills. Hanley added four blocks. Davis added 10 digs. And Olivia Furlan, her brilliant uh, self as per usual, 41 assists, 13 digs, two blocks, five aces. All around dominance from her. And Saturday's game was another five-set win that the Thunderbirds nearly choked away. Uh, almost, but they didn't. UBC grabbed the first two sets, 25-17 to and 25-14, to but the Cougars fought back and took the next two. The two teams then traded points back and forth until it was 14-14 to in the fifth set. Not a blowout fifth set this time, but UBC finished the series with two powerful kills from Van Rijk and Davis to take that fifth set, 16-14. to Probably the uh, hardest-fought sweep that you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, not, not uh, anywhere close to an easy sweep. Yeah, the seniors really came up big for the Thunderbirds in this one. Victoria Behe had a huge performance, seven kills, 12 digs, five aces, while Hanley racked up an incredible nine blocks. Sam Patco continued to lead the backline masterfully. She combined for 33 digs and 14 assists over those two matches. And apart from the series Thunderbirds, we got some Canada West honors. Van Rijk, of course, named a conference first team all-star for the second straight year. Verland was named to the second team. And Kayla Oxland was named to the all-rookie team. Next up for the Thunderbirds are the Calgary Dinos, who finished first in Canada West 19-5, and and they beat UBC twice to end the regular season. Not a great sign, but of course, men's basketball was beat twice to end the regular season. Yeah. And uh, as we'll touch on later, they managed to pull through, so hopefully women's volleyball will do more of the same. Unfortunately, the men's volleyball team's incredible second half of the season ended this past weekend at the hands of the Trinity Western Spartans in a rematch of last year's national championship final. The Spartans certainly wanted to make sure they got the better of the Thunderbirds this postseason, and they beat UBC 3-0 in 
in game one. Yeah, not not as great for the men's team out there this weekend, but you can't win them all, I guess. Matt Neves was the only player who had a real standout performance for the Thunderbirds. He had 12 kills, a really nice 375 hitting percentage. But as a team, the Thunderbirds were really struggling offensively here. They hit just 192, committed 13 service errors, along with only three aces. Yeah, it looked a bit more like a first half of the season game from this men's volleyball team. Valid, considering they're playing a powerhouse in oh, Trinity yeah. Western. But they fought back valiantly and took Game 2 in five sets, 3-2 win there to force that decisive third match. They are not; they didn't roll over, which is great to see. Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a really great comeback from the team in that second game. Michael Dohaniuk and Neves, they were the leaders in this one for UBC. Dohaniuk had 15 kills with four digs and two aces. Neves had 14 kills, nine digs, four blocks, and an ace. Great performance from those two there. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, they didn't win the series overall, but it's so awesome to see two rookies consistently leading this team over the last dozen or so games. That bodes very well for the, the next Future uh, few years. Future is bright. Years. Future yeah. is bright. Dynamic duo there. Thunderbirds, uh, very good on defense this game. Forced the Spartans' hitting percentage down to 219, which is well below their season average. And they also recorded 12 team blocks led by Jordan Deshane's eight. That win meant they had the chance to pull off the huge upset in Game 3, but unfortunately the Spartans rallied, put UBC away with another 3 nothing scoreline. Thunderbirds had absolutely nothing offensively in this game. Knees led the team in kills again, but he had just 8, and he hit negative 0-2-1 uh, hitting percentage. As a team, UBC hit just under 100, which is they're definitely their lowest of the new year. Yeah, no, it was it was not a great showing from the team, especially with that chance to pull off that upset, like you said. Liz is not here with us today, but she did write this section and she wants us to share her despair at this news. So we're all feeling for Liz. We're all feeling for the team. With this win, Trinity Western is now 42-18 and 18 all-time against UBC. Inclu- not great. No, not, not great for us. Great for them. <laughs> That's including both regular season and playoffs. I mean... I guess congrats to Trinity Western. They'll be definitely be a uh, national championship contender looking to avenge last year when they lost to a UBC in the <laughs> national championship. We can still hold that over them despite the all-time record. And uh, this game, last match of the graduating seniors, Joel Regeer and Zaid Hamada. Hamada came in transfer this season. He didn't play a ton, but Regeer, crucial part of last year's national championship team. He acquitted himself well in his final weekend as a Thunderbird. Had a combined 11 kills and 10 blocks on a great 524 hitting percentage in the series. And on the bright side, everyone else on the team besides those two has at least two more years of eligibility left. Yeah. So we could see the same core of this team coming back for a few more years. Yeah, get a bit more experience under their belt and they could be as great as that national championship team. That's the, that's the dream. Two Thunderbirds received end-of-season accolades. Dauhaniak was named to the Canada West second team on top of the all-rookie team, while Neves joined him on that all-rookie team. Dauhaniak was the only rookie named as a first- or second-team All-Star, while UBC happened to be the only school with two players on the all-rookie team. And I mean, given that uh, this was a quote-unquote rebuilding year, ended up being pretty fun for one of those. Yeah. <laughs> still made the playoffs after, and uh, had that absolutely sensational second half, so... Hopefully, the all of next season is more like the last few months have been. Exactly. It was fun. It yeah, was a really lot of fun. fun. Speaking of fun, what an incredible show put on this past week, not just by our Thunderbird athletes, but by swimmers from across the nation. 
At the 2019 U-Sports Audlem Brown Swimming National Championships, both UBC teams came out on top for the third consecutive year, as Jake mentioned, but not without swimming their lights out, as head coach Steve Price put it, facing stiff competition in every event. This is the craziest stat of the week. In the end, 21 U-Sports records were broken over the three-day meet, including 12 by UBC athletes. That's, uh, that's incredible stuff right and, there. And it was... Of those 12 records, it was by three athletes. Two of them covered 11 of those records. You know, you have your stars. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The women's team led after each day, but saw the margin over the U of T Varsity Blues shrink gradually throughout, ending with a scant 1255.5 to 1230.5 lead. Still carried by an incredible performance from Emily Overholt, who won four golds and broke four records in the process, and contributions from everyone on the team. The Thunderbird women won their seventh national championship in eight years. Hats off to them. Absolute dynasty. And uh, just to, just to l- let you know, the next few minutes can be a lot of names, a lot of information coming at you, but we just we got to We got to give the credit it. where credit is due. Yeah, so day one, women's team only actually had one gold medal of the entire uh, team combined. That was Overholt in the 400-meter freestyle. Broke a record in that event. But silver and uh, UBC did get a silver or, and or a bronze in all but one event, so they were still in first place overall after that first day. Uh, after Overholt, Megan Dalkey and Maya Brundage actually nabbed second and third in that 400-meter freestyle. It was a podium sweep in that event for the Thunderbirds. Yeah, that one really helped. Elsewhere, Hoylam Karen Tam had second in the 50-meter freestyle. Ingrid Wilm was bronze in the 100-meter backstroke. Hillary Metcalf was second in both the 50-meter breaststroke and the 200-meter individual medley. And Wilm, Metcalf, Kirsten Douglas, and Overholt swam for silver in the 4x100-meter medley. And day two, uh, only one UBC women's swimmer got first place finishes. That was Overholt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> True to form. This time she broke two records, one in the 200-meter freestyle over three seconds better than the previous best, and in the 400-meter individual medley nearly four seconds better than the previous record. Dalkey was second behind Overholt once again in that individual medley, grabbing more points for the Thunderbirds. Yeah, points came from everywhere again. Wilm took bronze in the 50-meter backstroke. Metcalf took bronze in the 100-meter breaststroke. And then Overholt, Brundage, Dalkey, and Wilm took silver together in the 4 by 200 meter freestyle and, and then day three i mean despite that toronto inching close to ubc really threatening to uh, uh uphold that number one ranking they were bestowed uh the week before the tournament but ubc closed out the championship fourth win from overholt another record as she broke the re- u sports record for the 800 meter freestyle by nearly 10 seconds that was absolutely incredible unbelievable and uh her partner in crime megan delkey also finished third in that event Overholt, very deservedly, was Canada West's second star of the week for her dominant performance. Yeah, very, very deservedly. We can't we can't overstate that. Again, medals came from everywhere. We had bronze medals from Dalkey in the 200-meter butterfly, Tam in the 100-meter freestyle, and Wilm in the 200-meter backstroke, while silvers were earned by Olivia Ellard in the same event as Wilm and the team of Tam, Quincy Brozo, Mackenzie Gunther, and Overholt in the 4x100-meter freestyle. And we mostly talk about Thunderbirds on this yeah. show, but we are going to talk about one Toronto swimmer here. Kylie Massey, absolute stud of a swimmer. A legend uh, in this event. For the fourth straight year, she won all three backstroke events, and of her 12 all-time races 
at the, the national championships in those events, she broke the U Sports record 11 times. Yeah, it was only the 50 meter backstroke this year that she didn't break a U Sports record. Breaking her own records over and over and over. Incredible stuff. Named U Sports Swimmer of the Year for the third consecutive year as this was her final university meet. Thank goodness we don't have to see her again lining up against the Thunderbirds. Now we just get to see her in Tokyo next year. Yeah, I guess. We're definitely going to be at the Olympics. May- hopefully we'll see Overholt there as well. And uh, the men's team, they also yeah. did, uh, they did well, to put it mildly. Yeah, well, while the me- women operated as frontrunners throughout the competition, the men actually trailed after days one and two to the Calgary Dinos and had to pull off an epic comeback on day three to triumph over our neighbors. They finished with a scoreline of 1,075 to 925.5, actually a larger margin than what the women had, even though it was a comeback. Marcus Thormeyer was the star, outshining even Overholt. He managed to earn a gold medal and break a U Sports record in every event he competed in at the meet, a total of seven. My goodness. <laughs> my, yeah, my word. Like the women's team, all swimmers chipped in, leading to their fourth championship in five years. Day one. A bit of an polar opposite from the women's team as they actually got a lot of first place medals. They got five medals. Only one of them was not gold. Alex Loganoff, Thormeyer, Josiah Binema all took home first in their events. Binema set a U-Sports record in the 100-meter butterfly. And uh, first year, Alex Pratt had the lone silver for UBC that day in the 400-meter freestyle. But he did join up with Thormeyer, Jaron LaFranc, and Binema to take gold in the 4x100-meter medley. So even he got a gold, a lot of gold, even though they weren't winning it's weird opposites between the men's and the women's team. Yeah, it was it was really strange how that worked out. Then on day two, it was Thormeyer and Binema. They continued to rack up the points. The former struck gold in the 200-meter freestyle with a 148.02, and the latter earning first place by less than two-tenths of a second in the 50-meter butterfly. Those two, together with Pratt and Brody Young, also had gold in the 4x200-meter freestyle. Elsewhere, Pratt finished in third in the 200-meter freestyle, and rookie Rui Shen Yu also got a bronze in the 100-meter breaststroke. And despite that, the Dinos were winning after, yeah. day, after two days. So the men, they had to put together something special. It's what they did. Thormeyer, incredible, set two more U-sports records, 100-meter freestyle, 200-meter backstroke, and he joined up with Pratt, Binema, and Ariatarian to earn his third relay gold in the 4x100 freestyle. The Franck got UBC another gold in the 200-meter breaststroke. Didn't even set a record. <laughs> what a scrub. <laughs> Let us down. Yeah, Binema and rookie Dimitri Lim were second and third in the 200-meter butterfly, and Hoi Lee Fan got a silver in the 1,500-meter freestyle to get that comeback for UBC and get yet another national championship. Awesome stuff. A lot of accolades given out to our players and coaches, actually. Thormeyer, Pratt, and Coach Price were honored individually for their incredible efforts at home. Marcus was named Swimmer of the Year. No doubt in the minds of the voters there, I would guess. Pratt was named Rookie of the Year, and Price, for coaching the women's team specifically, was named Co-Coach of the Year with Byron McDonald of Toronto. To top it all off, each of them got photos with our lovely president, Santa Ono. Better than any gold medal. Indeed. <laughs> Thormeyer was further awarded the U Sports Athlete of the Week for the second time this season. Very much deserved. Yes. Now, moving on. We're uh, we're past swimming now. We're on to men's basketball. And just three weeks after they were swept by the Golden Pandas to end the regular season, the Thunderbirds returned to Alberta, exacted their revenge, took down their rivals in three games, and are now in the Canada West final. 
UBC won game one, 74-62 in a low-scoring affair. Man, Root Claire scored 20, and Patrick Simon added 18 to lead the way. Yeah, foul trouble was kind of the theme of this game for both teams. There were a total of 42 fouls called. In the game, Grant Shepard and Mason Borsier were limited to just 18 and 26 minutes. Because of that... I mean, Shepard's really been limited recently due to yeah. foul trouble. That's a couple games in the last... A couple weekends where he's down uh, under 20 minutes. Yeah. Not not what you want to see. No, for sure. And it was also the Thunderbirds' lowest scoring game of the season, but they managed to win, holding Alberta to just 30% shooting from the field. That's really good. Defense really helped out in that one. And Thunderbirds, the good news is that their offense got better in game two. The bad news is Alberta's offense got a lot better, and the Thunderbirds lost 92-86. to Jaden Cohey scored 22. Shepard added 18. Claire double-doubled 16 points and 10 rebounds. But the Thunderbirds shot 37% from the field, 60% from the free throw line. So better, better signs there, I guess. Uh, but even more fouls were called in this one. A combined 57 fouls. That's too much. That's yeah. too much for a 40-minute game. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, that's one every like 45 seconds or something like that. Ridiculous. That's crazy. That led to plenty of free throws, obviously. Every Thunderbird starter received at least four fouls, with Borsier fouling out and three Alberta players fouling out. I mean, maybe if they shot better than 60% for the free throw line, they could have won the game. Yeah. <laughs> Thunder- Thunder- yeah. No bench scoring as well. Seven points for the entire bench combined. Compared to the Golden Pandas, they got 30 bench points. Not great. Meant there was a decisive game three, and the Thunderbirds came out on top in a nail-biting 84-78 to victory. Kohi and Claire both scored 21, and Shepard chipped in with 18 points and 8 rebounds. Yeah, it, this was awesome. It was the seniors who really came up clutch in this one. 35 seconds left, game tied. Kohi hit a tough layup to take the lead. Then, after the Thunderbirds got a stop at the other end, Claire calmly hit four straight free throws down the stretch to close out the series. I mean, that's why you bring these two in. Uh, monstrous transfers where would this team be without them yeah. we're given the players they lost last year but both Kohi and Claire come in this season and automatically great leaders for this team yeah it's turning but, out pretty well yeah Thunderbirds very efficient offensively shooting 53% from the field 41% from three in this game Kohi stand out from an efficiency standpoint uh, shot 10 for 14 from the field and he only took two threes, which is very out of character for him. He was yeah. getting to the basket, and he got to the basket for uh, the go-ahead bucket. And this win means that the Thunderbirds will face off against Calgary on the road for the Canada West Championship on Saturday. The Dinos, only undefeated team in the country, defending national champions, and dating back to last season, uh, only counting non-exhibition games or conference postseason games. Yeah, yeah. They've won 35 straight. It's a it's a tough ask, <laughs> very tough ask. But hey, the more importantly, more importantly, the Thunderbirds have now also booked their spot in the national championship tournament. They don't need to beat Calgary. That will be held March seventh to tenth at Dalhousie University, Jake's oh. favorite school. Oh boy! Uh, since I brought up the Dalhousie conspiracy last month, Dalhousie has not lost a game. <laughs> they yeah. are eight zero. They're going to be at the national championship tournament. Hopefully they don't play UBC because I'm worried about uh, what will happen <laughs> if that ends up being the case. <laughs> they heard you slandering yeah, they them. They heard me. I, I lit a fire under them. Yeah, uh, We're going to have to take a quick break for ads and PSAs now. We'll be back very shortly. You're listening to CITR 101.9. 
broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. We don't need to tell you that Vancouver has a housing problem. Mass evictions. Mass evictions. Unfair rent increases. What happened to rent control and protection from unfair eviction? If these or other housing matters concern you, you may be interested in joining the Vancouver Tenants Union. For more information, visit tenantsunion.ca. All right. We're back at it here, folks. Going to talk about women's hockey now. They traveled to Manitoba for their Canada West semifinals and unfortunately knocked out in two tight losses. First game was a dramatic 4-3 loss that saw six goals scored in the final two periods. The two teams traded the lead for most of the match, with neither team holding a two-goal lead at any point. It was 2-2 after two, and after Manitoba converted a penalty shot early in the third, Ireland Parrott tied the game less than a minute later on the power play. It looked like we were headed to overtime, but Manitoba's Lauren Workington scored with just 40 seconds left to win it for the Bisons, a heartbreaker for the Thunderbirds. It's hard to think of a tougher way to lose a game. It's the second time in recent weeks the Thunderbirds have given up a last-minute goal to the Bisons. I remember a couple weeks ago they let it on with like three seconds left to send it to overtime, and it happened again. It's not great. (sighs) Yeah, we've mentioned on the last couple shows how this team did a much better job controlling shot attempts, but that was not the case in this one. Manitoba outshot UBC 31-22, to including 13-6 to in the second period. That's a problem that's continued to bite them this year yeah. many, many times. It looked like they might have solved it, but of course Manitoba, very good hockey team, yeah. and they have home ice advantage. Not super surprising to see that. Hannah Coral was a standout offensive player for the Thunderbirds with one goal and two assists on the team's three goals. Yeah, sadly, the Thunderbirds season did come to an end the next night as the Bisons got the sweep with a 2-1 win. Carissa Kirkup opened the scoring for the hosts less than three minutes in, and though Parat managed to tie the game early in the second, Kirkup answered right back with another, and the Bisons shut the game down from there. And some more good news, bad news. The good news is Thunderbirds limited the Bisons to 23 shots. Good stuff. Yep. They only managed 16 shots themselves. That's not good. Yeah. (laughs) And that includes... Two shots. Two shots in the entire third period when you're down 2-1 to one in a game you have to win, otherwise you're eliminated from the playoffs. The same thing happened to the men last exact week. exact same thing. It's, yeah. yeah they had four sucks. shots in the third period when they needed to tie it up. Thunderbirds shooting themselves in the foot. Hannah Clayton Carroll took a tripping penalty less than two minutes left in the game that all but sealed it. They took three penalties in that final frame. Yeah. You're just giving yourself even less time to come back into this one. Yeah, scrappy stuff. This means that a number of players have skated their final game as a Thunderbird. Emily Castellas, Amelia Bone, Logan Boyd, Madison Patrick, Bree Bellarive, and Celine Tardif will all be gone in the fall. And there are a few fourth-year players that might depart as well, including Clayton Carroll, Matea Fisher, and Michaela Agradnachuk. Big turnover. I mean, that's, and those are some major names. Yeah. That you Clayton Carroll there. was the leading scorer for the team this yeah. year. Fisher also up there and scoring. A Bond, great goalie for this team. All those other key contributors. This team could look very different in the fall. It's not like the men's volleyball team where they got led by a lot of younger players and there'll be a lot of continuity. It There will be a lot of fresh faces for this women's hockey team, even if those fourth-year players do come back. 
Now moving on to some non-playoff stuffs, uh, some uh, non-playoff stuff, some stuff with higher, uh, not higher stakes, lower stakes. Uh, baseball sweep. Absolutely Can somebody say sweep? sweep? <laughs> uh, UBC NAIA swept a D two school, Concordia, Oregon. Three state wins in their first home stand of the season. The Concordia Cavaliers were beat three nothing, and then seven to five in a Saturday doubleheader before UBC got up the brooms on Sunday with a thrilling ten to eight victory. Yeah, they're now perfect three and zero at home. The past weekend sweep has bolstered the team's overall record. They're now a more respectable five and eight on the season. In the first Saturday game, pitchers Garrett Hawkins and Daniel Serreta both dominated. Hawkins started and went five innings, allowing only two hits and one walk, while Serreta closed out the game with four strong. A relief stint where he did not allow a single hit. Did give up three walks, though, but we'll take it. You can deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, Ben Mitchell, Jackson Valk led the way. Two hits apiece. Mitchell had one RBI. Valk had two. In game two, the star was catcher Noah Orr in a 12-inning thriller. Orr had four hits, a run, and an RBI, while Valky closed out the game with a two-run walk-off home run. Great way to send that home crowd happy. Uh, Gotta feel happy. good. Yeah, Valky was just a triple short of hitting the cycle in this one. Awesome for him. Niall Windler of UBC was pitching a gem before getting beat up in the eighth. He went seven and one-third innings, allowing five hits and four earned with 11 strikeouts. Three of those runs then came in the eighth, though. I so. mean, he a uh, bit, bit of a best-before date in that game for him. <laughs> but Thunderbirds held on to the uh, held on to win, and in Game 3 was a come-from-behind 10-8 victory. Thunderbirds were trailing 4-1 going into the bottom of the fifth, lit it up from there. Orr had another crazy day. He was a DH this game, but he hit 4-5 for five with three RBIs. Uh, Ty Penner also had a nice performance, hitting 3-4 for four with two runs, an RBI, and a walk. Orr was named Cascade Conference Sports Red Lion Player of the Week. He went 8 for 10 with four RBIs on the weekend. Absolutely incredible. That's crazy, yeah. Next, the baseball team takes on the 4-4-1 Lewis and Clark. Warriors this Friday here at Tourmaline West Stadium. A side note, former UBC Thunderbirds baseball player Curtis Taylor made his professional debut this past week, pitching one inning for the Tampa Bay Rays against the Yankees in spring training. Great to see. Congrats to uh, Curtis. Awesome stuff. And looking at softball, they finished their Hawaii trip. They've been there for a while. <laughs> oh, it must suck to be them. Yeah, awful. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, couldn't see myself doing the same thing. Uh, final two games were this past Friday against the Marymount California Mariners. Thunderbirds split the two games, went home 3-3 uh, three and three overall from their tropical road trip. First game, 9-1 to one blowout that saw the Thunderbirds seriously struggle. We won't spend too much time on this one. Game started with the Mariners jumping out to a quick 4-0 lead in the first and never looking back. The game ended with a mercy rule, shortened affair, as UBC did not have it for the first game of play. Well, they did have it later in the afternoon as the second game started. They were the home team, batted, uh, or home team, batted at the bottom of the inning, and it worked as they uh, exploded for three runs in the bottom of the first. Mariners started to chip away at the lead. They made it 3-2 to two before Demer began, added to her very strong performance by hitting home Mia Valk, the sister of UBC baseball's Jackson Valk. Yeah, nice family connection there. Begin pitched a complete game, which was seven innings, only allowed two earned runs, and hit a perfect 3-for-3 three three with three RBIs on the day. Take a bow. I mean, that's... As close to a perfect game as we're probably going to see all season. Congratulations to her. Absolutely incredible stuff. Thunderbirds, they were set to play Northwest Christian in Eugene, Oregon this weekend. Those games have been postponed, sadly. So Snow. Softball will have to wait another week. Yeah. 
We're going to take a quick look at golf here before we wrap up. T-Birds men's golf team played in their first event of the new year earlier this week. The Academy of Art Bay Area Invitational in San Francisco at TPC Harding Park. After a fall season where UBC was dominant in leaderboards all across the Pacific Northwest, this one was a bit of a letdown, a substantial letdown actually. UBC finished in 12th out of 14 teams. That's not good. (laughs) 38 strokes behind first place Western Washington. Individually, Zahadali Nathu was the top Thunderbird. He finished alone in 14th at plus four, not bad. He used 10 shots back of Sonoma State's Devin Gregg, who was victorious individually. I mean, besides Nathu, individual Thunderbird golfers really struggled. Andrew Harrison, who finished top five four times in the fall tournament, he was 69th place at 20 over par. The other UBC players, Logan Carver, Andy Kim, and Anjay Wiersba, finished tied for 33rd, tied for 53rd, and 70th, respectively. Yeah, Nathu did make us proud during Monday's second round when he posted five birdies on a sizzling second nine to shoot five under on the back and ended his round four under overall. That was pretty good. Next week, Sacramento State will play host to the Thunderbirds and others for an invitational at the Valley High Country Club on Monday and Tuesday. We're just going to touch on a couple of things. We've mentioned what is happening in the future for most of our sports, but rugby, the men's team did actually play this last weekend, played the University of California in the first leg of their annual World Cup series. They lost 24-22, to but they will play the second leg here at home on Sunday as they look to win that series for the sixth, sixth straight season. We'll have more coverage next week on that. And the final women's rugby sevens tournament will be held here at UBC on Saturday and Sunday. The Thunderbirds are looking to hold off UVic and claim the championship. It's going to be a huge rugby weekend here on campus. Of course, you also got women's volleyball in the conference semifinals on the road against Calgary. Men's basketball also in Calgary for the Canada West final. Baseball playing Lewis and Clark. And with that... Thank you for tuning into Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake and Corey with contributions from Liz Wang and the Buchanan-bound Jacob Eyre. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful rest of your evening.